Hi friends, my name is Tracy and I'm so glad you joined us for this episode of the Abundant Living Podcast. This is your podcast where you can discover how to better serve Christ, create great friendships with like-minded ladies, and live a more abundant Christian life. Before we dive in, remember you can find podcasts like this and so much more on our website at christianladiesfellowship.com. While learning more about this unique ministry, you can also read articles, find resources like books and music, sign up to get helpful devotions delivered right to your inbox, and click the link to join the conversation in our Facebook group. Thank you for joining me today for episode number 44 of the Abundant Living Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Burns. It's hard to believe we are four episodes into season two of this podcast. I feel so blessed every week when I go in to schedule another podcast episode to post sometime in the next few weeks, and I see how many listens there are from the week that Jess posted most recently. I know you're listening and also sharing this with another lady. Word of mouth recommendations are the best way to get the word out. And I appreciate those of you who are investing in all this free content by sharing it with someone else. I haven't asked this in a while, but if you could rate and review this podcast in your podcasting app, it would help to keep us ranked in search and make it easier for others to find this podcast, just like you did. In 2008, the year my youngest child was born was perhaps one of the most stressful series of months I had experienced up to that point in my life. In January of that year, my grandmother, who I had been close to all my life, passed away after a valiant fight with colon cancer. At seven months pregnant and looking and feeling every part of it, I flew from Florida to California with my 15-month-old toddler in tow. Then in March, I had a horrible case of the flu just one week before I was planning to get induced to finally get the kid out so I could see my feet again. I had to spend a day in the hospital on fluids because the baby's heartbeat was dangerously high. When he was born the next week, my son had such severe jaundice that home health care brought an entire Billy Rubin machine to our house that he had to be in for most of the day. I'm glad for modern technology, but I mourned the fact that I couldn't hold that sweet baby, but for a small time each day when he ate. But thank the Lord, my little guy got better as we struggled through the first few weeks and months of constant beatings for him and sleep deprivation for me. When he was about four months old, he started showing signs of eating issues, refusing to eat, eating a small amount and then stopping, crying through feedings, and then puking up entire feedings. Over the next month, we were in and out of the doctor's office where they diagnosed him with everything from a tummy bug to the flu. I was so frustrated as I got the runaround and for being dismissed as the worried new mom, even though this was my second child. He stopped growing and even lost weight. After almost a month, I literally told the doctor I was not leaving their office until my son got the help he needed. They immediately admitted him to the children's hospital in my city. The week prior, we had traded in our truck and bought a small SUV to fit our growing family. I was stressed about the payment. We had just paid off our truck a couple years before, but I felt confident with my husband's job that it would all be okay. The same week, my five-month-old went into the hospital, so sick and weighing barely over 10 pounds, my husband lost his job. Not only did that mean our main income was gone, it also meant we no longer had health insurance when our baby went into the hospital. My stress level, which had already set up shop with a solid foundation that year, felt like it increased tenfold. I had lost all the baby weight within the first month after giving birth, but in the stress of the following months, I regained it all and more. 
So I felt terrible and my self-esteem was super low because of how I looked. I remember at one point praying, God, I don't know how much more I can take. You know, I don't have the strength of Job. I need help if I'm going to survive this storm that you've put here. While I knew that God would sustain me if I kept trusting in him, I had so little peace in those months. I was tired, worried about my son, full of concern about how he would pay the bills and the medical expenses that were being incurred, and wondering why it all had to happen at once. Everyone, even the most devoted, faithful Christians have points in their lives where there is no light at the end of the tunnel. Life slams us with circumstances out of our control, general earthly misfortunes, consequences of our bad decisions, and even relationship problems like betrayal of those we loved and trusted. Stress overwhelms us, and its snowball effect seems impossible to get out of. More often than not, we are meant to endure. Meaning, while we wish we could just delete that season out of our life story, we're supposed to go through it. While dealing with consequences of bad choices is its own animal, and probably would be better tackled in its own podcast episode. Today, I want to specifically discuss how we can have peace while the storm is raging around us. I did briefly touch on having peace in episode 14 of season one called Four Lessons I Learned in the Classroom of Grief. However, I want to give you some direct pointers on how to have the peace you need and crave until the waters of life are calm once more. I feel like those of you who listen faithfully know what I'm about to say here. Hey, Christian lady, turn to God. We are emotional creatures. We make so many bad decisions based on emotions. I'm actually working on an episode on this specifically. These emotions can get us in huge trouble. Emotions make us face outward on things we cannot change or we don't have control over. Instead of looking at ourselves, I believe many Christians do not like to look inward because we're forced to see our inadequacies and our shortcomings. But when we do so, then we will have no choice but to turn to God, to lean on his strength in our weakness. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ. Now, turning to God is a step in the right direction, but just as important, we need to trust God. Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. This verse reminds us that even in the midst of chaos and turmoil, God is in control. Take time to be still and focus on God's presence and his control in the storm. Peter started to sink in the waves when he took his eyes off Jesus. Foolish, rash, emotional Peter didn't stop panicking enough to look back at Jesus as he sank, but Jesus pulled him up. If that doesn't just make you want to trust Jesus' love to keep us from sinking, I don't know what will. He knows our hurt, our worries, our stress, and he wants to pull us up. Keep your eyes on him. Trust his faithfulness. He's always been faithful, hasn't he? And he will continue to be faithful to us over and over and over again. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. When we trust in God's plan, even in the bleakest moments, we can find peace in the knowledge that he is leading the way directing our paths, like this verse says, and that everything is going to work together for his good, like it says in Romans 8.28. Now, it must be said, although it may seem a given, pray during times of stress. 
Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Praying is a way to release our worries and concerns to God and allow him to become our comfort. I will do another podcast episode on this soon, but I had to learn after my mom died that life moves on around you, even when you're grieving, and you have to learn to lean on God to find healing. Friends and family may fill this void in your life with their comfort for a time, but only God's comfort will last when everyone else has forgotten your loss. We're meant to cast our cares on God. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. The weight of our worries and stresses are not meant to be carried alone. We must release them to God and trust that he will take care of us. Now that I've given you some obvious spiritual helps, let me now give some more practical helps. The first of which is focus on the blessings. Yes, when everything is going wrong, because it never just rains but pours. Look at all God has done and is doing. Remember his faithfulness. You're still alive, breathing, and if you think no one else loves you, you're wrong because the Savior loves you more than you can ever imagine. Focus on the present moment. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 34, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take no thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Instead of worrying about the future or dwelling on the past, focus on the present moment and what you can do to make it better. Women often forget to take care of themselves and need to give themselves a timeout in the stressful moments. It's okay and actually kind of wise to make sure you aren't putting more on yourself than necessary. Do little things that will help you find happiness in the day. Take a nap, drink some coffee, hug and play with your kids, also your dogs. I'm not sure cats count. (laughs) Sing out during those congregational songs in church and really absorb those words you're saying and the promises in there. If you're a hugger, go find you another hugger friend and hug it out. If you're like me and you aren't a hugger, then put yourself around positive, happy people that are living for God and will help to boost your spirit. The last one that kind of bridges the gap here between practical and spiritual is to practice forgiveness. Ephesians 4.32 says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Holding on to bitterness and resentment can only lead to more stress and anxiety. I talked about forgiveness specifically in episode 12 of season one. Without forgiveness, our hurt will plant the root of bitterness. Beverly Hiles said, Bitterness is the only ingredient that eats its own container. Peace in our hearts and lives, and even in the lives of our spouses and kids, will never be achieved when we hang on to unforgiveness and essentially bitterness. You might have to pray daily for God to help you forgive that person, but do it. Your survival, your peace depends on it. I know people who have hung on to hurtful words said by others for years and years, and they only hurt themselves through their own built-up resentment and bitterness. Their reputations become tainted by their anger towards others who they believe have wronged them. And eventually, bitterness is painted into every area of their lives. I can't imagine trying to walk with God, let alone have the peace I need to have, while holding on to unforgiveness. Learn to forgive. Ask God to help you move on. As the scripture says, 
learn to be tender-hearted towards others, even those who may have wronged you. By the end of that really difficult year, God provided and restored everything that I was worried and stressed about. The job, the finances, health insurance, the comfort and grief, the healing of my son. Perhaps the best of all, he gave me the peace I needed along the way. I look back now and can see how every single bad thing that happened that year taught me so much. I grew and learned things I wouldn't have learned in common comfort. I'm so grateful for the struggles, but most of all, I'm grateful that my God was there all along the way, even when my eyes strayed from him so that he had to pull me up from the waves of life and put my feet back on solid ground over and over again. The word peace is mentioned over 400 times in the King James Bible. Peace can be my reality and your reality in the best of the best times and even in the worst of the worst times. God wants to give you the peace you need when the storm is howling around you. He's ready, able, and willing to pour it out. All you need to do is just ask him and have the faith that he'll give it, just like he promised he would. If you enjoyed this episode of the Abundant Living Podcast, be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app so that you are notified when a new episode is posted. Please rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. For more helpful content, be sure to check out our website, ChristianLadiesFellowship.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you're leaving with some great things that will help you to live more for the Lord, make amazing Christian friends, and serve the Savior every day. Let's go show the world just how abundant the Christian life can be. Until next time.